If you are anything like me, you love nothing more than to see your family connecting on a lot of different levels. And when you see your kids connect with each other and you see your husband connect with your kids and you see your husband connecting with you and you actually able to connect with your kids, it lights you up, but it makes everything else that you've done in the day feel like it was all worth something. And I have been observing for quite some time and and this really came full force when uh, quarantine happened and a big shift happened with a lot of families. And so today inside of episode 125, I'm going to be talking about how you can boost your family's connection with this one super simple power play move that most moms are not using anymore. Most families are not using anymore. So if you are curious as to what this is, I'm going to have you jump into the rest of this episode where we're going to dive in. I'm going to hash out some really awesome, actionable tips and kind of just talk about this subject a little bit more as well. So hope you're excited. Let's go ahead and dive into today's episode together. Systemize your life with Chelsea Joe. That's me. And this is a podcast for modern women who are eager to live with more meaning and less overwhelm. We're about to tap into some fiercely meaningful relationships, bang in organization and time management strategies, and a rock solid plan for our personal well being with functional systems to those problems we all go through. Girl, if you feel like you're watching life go by from a window on the Hot Mess Express, then it's time to roll up your sleeves. Dig in and get your life out of the chaos and into confidence. All right, I'm not going to give this secret away just yet. (laughs) I actually uh, have this huge bank of podcast episodes that I keep. So, at basically at the beginning of the year. Um, I sat down the very beginning of like when I started my podcast episode and I use MindMeister, which is the mind mapping software that I talk to you guys about in so many different episodes that you can use. You can use the program for free or you can pay $8 a month to upgrade. I don't affiliate for it. I mean, I think I do have like a code. I don't even know what it does. So that's totally not why I'm bringing it to you, although I don't affiliate anything that I don't actually use for myself. So I'm just telling you that I use this program for everything. And I just redid it at the beginning of 2021 because I felt like I had made a big shift in in what I had been talking about on the podcast from the very beginning to what I'm talking about now. And I had blown through so many episodes and I just, I needed to create a brand new map of what were my focus points going to be on the podcast? And I just sat and one day I just had all these ideas come out of me and this episode was on there. And so then whenever I go and I sit down each month and I map out what I'm going to be talking about on the podcast, I go through the list and I look at this this big map, right? I have podcast episodes that I can talk about with time blocking and productivity and, and just motherhood in general. And then I have the business and I have marriage and then I have your home And I have all different kinds of episodes inside of each one of those like branches or buckets. And they're all systems inside of there or just different talking points 
within all of that. And this one really stood out to me right now as we're about to go back into the start of the school year. It's summer break right now. And I just am always observing families and the way that they do things. And I'm always observing our family and how we do things. And I'm always looking at what works, what truly does provide the outcome that we are looking for. And I'm always collecting data. I'm always looking at, wow, we did this specific thing in our home and look at how our family is functioning. This is like amazing. This is beautiful. This is how I know Blaine and I want our family to run. Why? Why is this happening? What did we do? Because all of our actions have consequences, either positive or negative, but there's always an outcome to everything that we do. And this was just something that I really saw being so powerful in our family. We've talked about it a little bit here on the podcast before. And if you are in a position right now in your life with your family where you're having a really hard time looking at where in your day your family is connecting with one another, this is the podcast episode for you. If you're only connecting with your family once a week and you're okay with that, that's fine. But if you're not okay with that, and maybe it's not even once a week, maybe you go even longer than that. This this is for the family of, for the mom that has kids of every age and any age and all the ages in the house, babies out of the house, if you just have grandkids, like it doesn't matter. What I want you to know is that the most powerful thing that you can do to bring connection within your family is to have dinner at the table. Yeah, we're going there. <laughs> that is the, the key to every family that I see that is still super tight knit has a good bond with each other and cares about each other, they have dinner at the table. They come together and they connect over a meal at least once a day. So if you don't have it at dinner, that's okay. You could do it at breakfast. I would say that you could even do it at lunch. But I want to talk to you a little bit about why I think dinner is even more important or can be the most special and the most meaningful when it comes to connecting with your family. There's something to be said for being able to get together and talk about your day to have reflection available. That is what happens at the end of the day, and that is what you can curate by setting the tone and setting the stage for this to happen in your family. And here's what I've seen, just to convince you all of this. When quarantine happened and everyone was forced to stay home, There was a massive shift in what families started talking about and the beauty that they saw within being at the table with one another again and having family meals together again because their kids couldn't go to sports, because they couldn't go to the gym, because they couldn't go and have their activities themselves, because everyone was home working. They didn't have 45-minute, hour-long commutes on both ends of their job. They were just home. And so they had to cook (laughs) and they had to eat at the table because everyone was there. 
and magical things started happening in people's families. And I'm sure that they started happening in your family too. And I want you to hold on to that memory. And I want you to look at the days when you do come together as a family and you sit around the table, even if not every sibling is connecting with each other, but is someone connecting with another person in your family that day more than they would have if you had not had made sure that dinner was at the table? The answer is always going to be yes, unless everyone sits there and speaks not a word to each other, which we're going to talk about right now. I'm going to break this down to where you know exactly in the power of three, we're going to talk about this in the power of three, what to do or how to get the kids to the table and what to do when you're at the table. So I'm going to give you three specific ideas and tips on how to get everyone to the table and then what to do when you're at the table to really use this as a power play move. Like I'm talking strategically do this. If you're not already doing this, this should be strategic because most families, most homes have lost sight of this. And funny thing, Frankie just had this conversation with me the other day. She was like, hey mom, what was TV like when you were younger? And she started asking me and we started talking about how you had to watch television at a certain time if you wanted to watch the show that you wanted to watch. And there was this thing called uh, TGIF and it came on every Friday night and like it was a big deal and we did not eat dinner around the table that night. We ate in the living room and we sat and we watched TV together and I talked to her about what TV dinners were and when those first came out and like what that was like for us as a family And she was like, her mind was blown because all she's ever known is a life of everything being on demand. Whenever she wants something, she can have it. And there's been no reason to wait for anything. Cartoons are on demand. We had that whole conversation. I was like, Saturday morning is when cartoons came on. And she was like, not any other day of the week. I was like, no, you went to school. She's like, well, what about when you came home from school? I'm like, you did your homework and you played. And then you helped cook dinner And then you ate dinner and then you helped clean up dinner and then you got ready for bed. (laughs) I'm like, no, there were not cartoons. Like, that's not what you did. So we had this whole conversation about like what life used to look like. And it dawned on me, our families, and we all know this, right? But our families look very different because of how immediate everything is in our lives. And so I want you to use this as a very strategic move, a power play move as a woman that is running her ship. In, in her home and in her motherhood and, and her business and, and juggling all these things and wanting to do it well, here's a real mighty tip for you. Get your family to the table. Feed them well. Pour into them through this. <laughs> Does that mean that everything has to be organic? No. Does that mean that everything has to be dairy-free and gluten-free? No. Feed them hot dogs and french fries. I don't care. Maybe everybody loves hot dogs and french fries. That's cool. I'm all about feeding your family and nourishing them well. Yes, Yes, but do not put pressure on yourselves to be Martha Stewart here or Joanna Gaines at that, although (laughs) I'd love to be her, uh, just my version of her. Um, I just think it's so important that you begin to see how much impact you can make on your family in just teeny tiny ways. And this is one teeny tiny way that is going to have a huge impact, like 
for years and years and years and years to come. Now, do you have to do this every single night? No, you don't. I get it. You want your kids to to be able to be in sports and extracurricular activities, although I would really caution against doing that every night of the week. I really, really would. If you look at the most healthy families, the most connected families, the families that eat well, they're families that prioritize eating meals at home. It's really such a huge part of what I believe we're doing wrong is by constantly eating on the go. So if you're in this space in your family where you are constantly eating out on the go and and you literally are all just sitting around the kitchen island and that's where you eat most of the time, try just one night a week getting to the actual dining table. Like the table. I don't care how small it is. I don't care how big it is. I don't care if it's in a separate room, but a place where you can all face each other, right? Not all lined up in a row staring at your phones or the TV or a screen, but where you can actually make eye contact with one another. That is the key to bringing connection, right? Is you want people to be able to make eye contact with each other. And if you guys are not used to doing this, it's going to be real awkward and you're just going to smile through the awkward. And here's what else you're going to (laughs) do. Before I jump ahead of myself, let's talk about how you get your kids to the table. First and foremost, first and, and, and foremost, I can't stress this enough, you must have a phone docket, a phone basket in your kitchen, in your main living space. And it needs to be somewhere where it is not accessible from the kitchen table. And everyone, you, your husband, everyone needs to drop their phone in the phone basket when you start cooking dinner as a family. And if that's too soon, start with just everyone dropping their phone in the phone basket before they sit down at the table. But I'm going to challenge you to have them drop the phone basket when it's time to start cooking dinner. And this is one of the major hacks to being able to get your whole family to the table. Here's the power of three that I'm going to give you. Here's three different tips for how to get everyone to the table if you're not already doing this. First and foremost, ask them to help you cook. Kids love cooking. If your kids are small, they're going to eat more of the food that you put in front of them if they've helped cook it. It's proven. It's been researched. It's been studied. I've proven it in my house. It's been proven over and over and over again. Let your kids cook with you. Go on Amazon. Kid knives that actually cut like a lot of things, but it's they're just plastic. They're amazing. Ask your older kids to help cook with you. Let your kids make messes. Teach your kids how to use the stove. Like my nine-year-old can cook a full meal on the stove, in the microwave, all of it, because I've been having her cook with me since day one, literally. <laughs> like I wore her in the kitchen. She's been in the kitchen with me consistently my my I keep calling Bailey four she's not four (laughs) she's not four yet uh my three-year-old is doing the same thing um and she's learning and that's where it starts but if you didn't start there it's not too late ask your kids and it doesn't have to be like hey do you want to come help cook with me because most of the time they're gonna be like no just sit on the couch and be on my phone don't tell them that hey I need help shredding the cheese Sally can you put your phone down for five minutes? Will you please put your phone down for five minutes? I need you to help shred the cheese. And guess what happens? 
when they come in there, talk to them. Ask them about their day. Tell them to tell you anything. Start talking to them about things that they like. Anything that they like. Strike up conversation with them. And if they're connecting with you, they're not going to need to connect to whoever and whatever is in their phone. So that is what I want you to do. That's the first thing. Ask them to help you cook. Secondly, even before all of that, ask your kids to help you plan the meals and shop for the meals. Even if that means that you are teaching, you should be teaching is really what this comes down to. Engage them, empower them, let them let them pay for things, let them fork out cash, let your little kids swipe the card, let your kids pick out different things at the store, have them help you pick out the meals, have them help you put the menu cards up on the menu board, the meal cards up on the menu board, like get your kids involved in this process. And it's absolutely going to affect how much more interested they are in actually sitting at the table because they're going to take pride in something that they've created. Okay, here's the third thing. Ask them if if none of that stuff is working for you, just ask them to help prepare the table. So every kid in your house should have a job for getting the table set. And the funny thing, I'm going to give you a little background on this, why this is so important to me, which actually might not even matter all that much for what we're talking about. But I just feel like telling you when I was a kid, my mom put me in etiquette classes and (laughs) we lived like 40 minutes from Scottsdale Fashion Square Mall, which is still like the most high end mall that Arizona has in the Valley. And I don't even remember what department store it was, but they offered etiquette classes. So my mom would drive me every summer. My mom would sign me up for cool stuff. So this summer it was etiquette class and she would drive me all the way in there every week, a couple times a week. And I learned how to be proper. (laughs) It's funny now. I really, I really do try to be proper and I teach my girls that too in some regard. Otherwise I've totally broken the mold, but that's life, right? And one of the things was learning how to set the table. And I took great pride in that. And it made me excited to have other people come to the table. And these are fun things for your kids to be able to do. So if your kids are younger, bring all this stuff and put it down low. Strategically set up your pantry and your cupboards to where the knives, the forks, the spoons, the plates, the bowls, napkins, all that kind of stuff are down low. Like Bailey's able to grab and count enough napkins. Most of the time she just puts one at every single chair, even though there's only four of us. But still, there I go. I'm teaching her how to count. Bailey, count how many people are going to be eating. There's mom, dad, sissy, you. And then we count on our fingers. One, two, three, four. Okay, how many napkins do we need? And and then I'm literally doing this while I'm cooking, while I'm doing this right. We're involving our kids in the process of putting food on the table. That's how you get your kids to the table. You don't sit in there and slave away over the stove and then ring the dinner bell and everybody comes and sits down at the table. Maybe if they're starving, but at this day and age, they've probably been snacking all afternoon and they're probably going to snack all evening. They don't want to come to the table. <laughs> they don't want to do it. So may, here, Tip number four, lock up your pantry. Do not let your kids snack several hours before dinner because it is just a surefire way that they're going to say, I'm not hungry. I don't want to eat that, right? So those are the three things that I would say. Everybody gets a job to do to be 
able to partake in setting up the table. Somebody can be in in charge of silverware. Somebody can be in charge of making sure that everybody has a drink. Somebody can be in charge of putting the salt and pepper on the table. Like just divvy everything up. Everybody gets a job. If they want to switch a job with somebody else, let them communicate with one another and figure that out. If they need help, let them communicate that, right? This is an opportunity to connect and you need to build it as such. Now, let's talk about what happens when we get to the table, (laughs) because then what? Uh, I grew up in a family where my mom, I think, tried really hard to foster this. It's so funny. Sometimes I do these podcast episodes, and I have no idea where I get these things from until I'm in the middle of the episode, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this was my mother. Like, my mother totally did this, and I had no idea. She may have not even known that she was doing this, but maybe she did. But she totally did this. My dad's family, even still to this day when I get together with my aunts and my dad and and the family, when they sit down, they literally don't speak. They shove their mouth full of food and then they're like done. Like there's not, there's not a lot of talking. There's zero, there's zero connecting. That's for sure. And so I really (laughs) feel like my mom, we had this little, this little bread box, meaning a little, a little plastic bread container. It was like the size of, of my hand. It was a loaf of bread and in the middle of it, it was cut out and it had tons of little uh, strips of paper that sat in there and they were all different colors. And when you would pull one out, it was a scripture and it was on the little bread box. It was called our daily bread. And that was what we did. She would have one of us pull out a daily bread and we would read it at the table and that was one of the things that my mom did to get us to connect at the table while me and my brother are fighting and he's left-handed and I'm right-handed and I'm kicking him under the table because I was too short and I was too little for so long to be able to bend my knees over the chair and so my feet would stick out and they'd kick people and here's my mom you know like trying to make sure that we connect over dinner every single night and I'm so glad that she did that I have great memories like vivid memories of helping set the table of understanding what food was and and how it was prepared and and why we had it and a whole another aspect to that was was just knowing how we were nourishing ourselves and I really was fortunate in in the regard that my brother was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when I was 6 uh and he was 11 12 and so we went to dietitian meetings all the time and so we always had a food from every food group on the table and she talked about it quite a bit. And and I always remember learning about that. And it's something that I teach my kids too. We talk about the protein that's on our plates. We talk about the greens that are on our plates. We talk about the carbohydrates. We talk about the healthy fats. We talk about the sugars. We talk about how all of these things are affecting our bodies and it allows us an opportunity to teach and invest in our kids just in, in the fundamental sense, sense of this is food and this is what it does for us. But even outside of this, I'm going to say this again, you need to, like I have an all caps with big stars in my notes, you need to have zero electronics. TVs need to be turned off. iPads need to be put away. Your phones need to be in the phone baskets. Your older kids' phones, not not on silent, tucked underneath your leg, not there in the phone basket, not within arm's reach on the table, in the phone basket, which I'm going to do another podcast episode on how we even got to that place and how we maintain that in our family. 
but this is absolutely crucial. So once you actually get to the table, here's the three things that I would really suggest doing to be able to boost your family's connection and really continue this super strategic power play move that you don't even have to tell anybody that you're doing. They all just think it's dinner, right? But you're going to be seeking out and looking for opportunities for your family to connect. You're not going to force it, but you're just being intentional, right? You're opening your eyes to this opportunity and you're going to help lead your family in this way. So here's three things that we love to do at the table. I just kind of talked to you about one that wasn't even one of my three But we really do take that opportunity to talk about the nutrients in our food and what it means to us. And if you don't know what that is, start learning and bring it to the table. Hey, I read up about what happens to our bodies when we eat a bunch of carbohydrates. Or I was reading up on carbohydrates today. Did you know that a sweet potato is a carbohydrate? Did you know that fruit is a carbohydrate? Did you know that bread is a carbohydrate? Like, I didn't know that. Did any of you know that? Have you talked about this in school? Like, ask your ask your elementary school kids, did you have a carbohydrate at school today? Like, just start asking them questions about things that you know, about things that you're learning. So there's that whole thing. But let me dive into the first three. Okay, here's one thing that I absolutely love. And we just, just started doing this, but I love it so much. And I actually learned it from Dave Hollis. And he has uh, a little tidbit on it somewhere in his stuff that I was watching. Uh, And it's called the best and the hardest. So one of the questions that you can ask that everybody has to answer, if they feel like talking that day, they can always give a pass. You can just tell your kids like, hey, we're going to go around the table or don't even make it formal. Just say, hey, Susie, hope you have a kid named Susie because that's her name today. Uh, Hey, what was the best part of your day and the hardest part of your day. I'd love for you to tell me about it. And then they're going to tell you what was their best part of the day? What was the hardest part of the day? And maybe just naturally conversation will take like wildfire, or maybe you're going to have to pull things out of your kids. Maybe you're going to have to pull things out of your husband. Maybe you're going to have to force yourself to open up, right? But that's the point is to start connecting and encourage good listening at your table, encourage turn-taking, like really good communication and just start connecting with your kids on the things that they're actually bringing forth, the things that you're saying. Get to know your little one's thoughts. There's so much that Bailey is capable of communicating. She's a talker. She really is a talker. But even for those of you that have little, little kiddos, there's different ways to tweak this. You can just ask them, hey, like for your super little ones, do we have so much fun today? Yeah. You want to tell daddy what we did today? Did we have fun at the park? And maybe you might get something out of like your super little ones, right? And and then you scale this up for, for your teenagers. What was the best and the hardest part of your day? Nothing. Nothing was hard. Today was great all the way around. Yeah. Okay, cool. Was anything awesome? No. All right. Well, I hope tomorrow when we come to dinner that you're going to have something really fun to share about what was super hard or what was really good about your day. But glad the day was cool and move on. Like that's all you have to say. And eventually what this is going to do is it's going to plant seeds in their mind that mom wants to connect with me. Dad wants to connect with me. They want to hear about my day. 
and they will eventually open up. They will eventually come to the table. When they do that fun thing at school, when they do that fun thing with their friend, when they have that hard moment with the bully on the playground, or when they have that hard moment with their boyfriend or with their girlfriend, they're going to know. I can talk about this with mom and dad at the table. I can do that. And they will start looking forward to that and they will start opening up and connecting with you in that way. And the cool thing about doing this over dinner, you guys, is that it makes it so easy because there's something to distract you and it's called eating. That is the joy of connecting over food. And that's why people love to connect over food because it makes it effortless, right? It's just as long as you bring the intention, it can totally make connecting just a natural thing when you're doing it over food. Okay, here's the second thing. We use conversation cards, oddly enough, which is so funny because I just am like thinking back to when my mom had those little cards, right? Obviously, it was like our daily bread, but still it, it struck up conversation. Um, but we love us some Chick-fil-A and a long time ago the kids meal uh like toy they don't give toys sometimes they do but I love the stuff that they give away in their kids meal or conversation cards but you can buy them on Amazon and everybody gets one Bailey gets a card and she can't read it I don't care I give her a card I say here's your card or she'll pick one out she picks a card And she'll say, mom, what's it say? And then I'll read it for her. Or sissy, can you read this for me? And then we'll read it. And she will ask every single person around the table at three years old that question. And she wants to hear their answer. And she answers it. And she answers the question. We all take a card and we all like one, one of them was like, if you could, if you could design your ideal playground, what would you have on it? Bailey has great answers and it blows my mind every single time how much I get to know my three-year-old and her thoughts about life when I give her the opportunity to speak for herself every night at the dinner table. Well, we don't do this every night. Let's be, let's be candid here. We do not do this every night. We do it as often as we can. Um, so that's the other one, conversation cards. They're amazing. I keep them in the kitchen. I have them in a little drawer, our quote-unquote drunk drawer, but where we keep like our flashlights and batteries. And I have um, our conversation cards in there. And every once in a while, I'll whip them out. I'll put them on the table. Here's the third thing. I love this one. I love this one so much. And this is all because of my little angel, Frankie Joe. She loves to ask Blaine to tell her stories from when he was a kid. I don't know why, but she loves it. And so I like to call this one Remember When, where we just share memories with each other. Hey, remember that one time? And we'll just start talking about remember when, remember that one time. And then we'll ask Frankie and and Bailey, you know, she doesn't really have that ability at three, but we can ask her, Hey, remember that one time when we went to Makutu's Island and we start helping her practice recall. And so that's more of a learning opportunity for her, but it's crazy how much stuff that little squirt can remember. You'll be really surprised with your kids. And if you've got eight kids, well, more power to you. Figure out a way. Maybe you just go round robin one time and by that time everyone is done eating. Great. Like you know your family and you know what they need and you know who needs to connect and you can guide them there with with this super easy, easy, powerful tool. Get your family to the dinner table and get a cell phone basket. (laughs) 
<laughs> that is that is the biggest takeaway for you is really try hard to make this a priority in your life. And it's something that you can put on your paper planner. It's something you can plug into your Google calendar. If you're not already doing this and it's not habit for you, start building this in as a routine. And you can start off with it as a fundamental need that eventually grows into a regular nightly routine that happens inside of your PM block. So I hope that you have had a good time listening to to all of the little tidbits that I decided to throw into this episode. Sometimes, you know, I take notes and then just whatever comes out comes out. But um, I, I hope this inspires you and I can't wait to hear the stories. I love so much hearing how this podcast impacts your guys's lives when you pop inside of the Facebook group and you pop into my DMs and you and you send me emails and you tell me, like, this happened in my family because I've been listening to the podcast, it truly does not just warm my heart, but it it makes me weepy. I'm just so grateful. I'm so unbelievably grateful that you take the time to care about your family so much that you're researching how to be a better woman, how to be a better mother, how to be a better wife, how to be a better business owner, because you believe so deeply in what you were called to do. And I'm so grateful that I can be on that journey with you, that we can hang out here. It's together in my closet, (laughs) Uh, just hanging out from behind my mic. So circle back with me after about a week, get dinner done at the table with your family and come and tell me uh, how much more connection you were able to see within your family after making this happen. As always, it's been so fun hanging out with you here in my closet from behind my mic and I will catch you over inside of the Facebook group until next time. Hey, before you go, if today's episode was meaningful to you, I know it will be for others. So please head over to iTunes, subscribe, then leave a review so more women can join our community too. And did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the women in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of this very podcast, tag me, and post it in your stories. What do you say we make a mighty breadcrumb trail for all the other women around us so we can make a change to the culture of how we care for each other? and ourselves. I'll look forward to connecting with you over on Instagram. Until next time on Systemize Your Life with Chelsea Joe.